Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today we are diving into the subtle essence of Pitta, which is called Tejas. All right, so this is a little series that I'm doing. It's just kind of broken up across various months um, just because of timing on the podcast and topics that are relevant to the seasons and everything. So I wanted to continue this topic and continue this conversation about the subtle essence of Pitta. So the subtle body is the connection between the body and consciousness. It can't be seen and it's more felt than anything. So as we talk about these subtle doshas, we're talking about things that are hard um, for people to kind of really wrap their minds around sometimes. And I know I will say that for myself. This was a multiple year process and just kind of unlearning and unlayering to get myself to really understand pranatejas and ojas and why are they relevant? Um, are they even are they even a thing? Because I think a lot of us, even if you come into yoga teacher training and you have your your open minded and you're like, okay, but some of it seems a little out there and. Um, this is one of them. And maybe the chakras are for some of you, which I plan to do a podcast about that because I've kind of dove in a little bit deeper into that realm as well. And I will say I've noticed shifts in working with that energy. So this is one of those energies that are awesome to work with. And they're again, subtly felt in the body. So let me just kind of back up to pranatejas and ojas. Where are they connected? Prana is associated with vata. And I did an episode on that probably a month ago now. Tejas is associated with Pitta and Ojas is with Kapha. And I will be doing an episode probably in another few weeks on Ojas with the Kapha dosha in particular. So what are Tejas? It's the cosmic intelligence, the light within the life force. It's your Dharma inside of you on every single level. It's the glow of your skin, the light of your presence. It's what gives you purpose to anything and anyone. So it's kind of a lot, <laughs> you know, again, that's why I said, these are kind of a heady concept. They're kind of concepts where you have to kind of really wrap your mind around to sink into, okay, what does that actually mean? What are some tangible ways to practice Tejas or how does this look like in my daily life? Because I mean, the cosmic intelligence, the light within the life force, your Dharma inside you on every single level. That's a lot, you know, it's what gives you purpose to anything and anyone. Now, I want to just briefly tap into that Dharma piece, because I think sometimes we get hung up there and we think Dharma is our career. It is our, um, you know, a lot of us, again, I think career path is what most of us think. And Dharma can be so much more than just your career path. You know, it can be, um, you know, hey, like I am put on this earth to be a mom, I'm put on this earth to um, learn how to soften. I'm put on this earth to um, become, I'll just say like the best tennis player I can be, whatever it could be. Like it doesn't have to be related to money and work and how we're perceived in this world. It can be something else. And I, I just want to kind of throw that out there. Like you very much could be living your purpose by having a full-time job and then also working on your Dharma not getting paid for it, you know? So I just want to, I want to throw that out there. I know myself, it took a little bit of while to kind of find alignment there because Dharma does not always tied with money. It is tied to this deep 
inner knowing. So what are ways that we can kind of maybe tap into that inner knowing and shift the tejas within our body? All of these are going to, again, be very subtle practices, especially for this, um, for tejas. Sankalpas are the first way to shift tejas. Sankalpas are a firm inner resolve. It literally translates to intention. So a sankalpa is an intention. You might create a sankalpa before you start your day. If you're in a yoga teacher training, your yoga teacher might suggest setting a sankalpa before your practice or an intention. Maybe you've been in a class where they've said, can you set an intention for your practice today? That's kind of the same thing as, hey, let me set this sankalpa. Or you might have the same sankalpa for years or a year or a season that you're working on achieving your innermost intentions. So it can be tied up as deep as you want it to be, or just as, um, hey, it's just for this one hour. This is my intention. This is my sankalpa. Before yoga nidra practices, sometimes you might've heard teachers, if you do any um, yoga nidra, they will say, set your sankalpa. And if you were like, I'm not sure what that word meant, it's kind of your intention for your practice. You often don't repeat your sankalpa to other people. You keep it to yourself and you're working on achieving your intention day after day. That would be a deep ongoing intention or sankalpa. So in our yoga teacher training, we had a sankalpa that we worked with for the entire year. I had it as my background on my phone. Now we kind of, we could say it to others. Um, our teacher was fine with that. Again, if you are given, which I'll talk about in the next one, um, a specific one by a teacher, a mantra, you probably keep that to yourself. So sometimes again, there's no right or wrong way. It depends on who gave you this. Um, if you're, if your teacher gave it to you, usually you keep that a little bit more quiet, a little bit more hush hush. You're not sharing that with others. Um, if you put it on yourself, you totally can say, Hey, I'm working on X, Y, Z. You might not share your whole sankalpa with someone, but you might share, I'm working on blank, you know, softening. I'm working on, um, staying focused. I'm working on, um, releasing guilt, letting go of expectations, other people's opinions. It could be something like that. Just to give you a few ideas on what, what would a sankalpa be or look like? So here's other ways that you can create a sankalpa. If you're kind of curious or interested, you can do it by reforming a habit. So maybe you have a habit. Um, I actually have one, I believe it's next week's episode. I have someone coming on talking about um, sobriety and sober, curious living. So if you're in that boat and you're like, yes, that's something that I want to reform my habit with alcohol. Maybe you set a sankalpa about reforming that you say, Hey, for the next 30 days, I am um, not going to be drinking any alcohol or the next week or 10 days, whatever that might look like. So you can reform a habit that could be a sankalpa. Then you can stay with that same sankalpa and maybe it rolls into 60 days and then 90 and then a year, whatever that might be. So that could be um, how you could explore a habit or reforming one. Maybe your sankalpa improves the quality of your life. So something like that. You Maybe you're sleeping in until eight o'clock and then you have to get to work by nine. And so you're squeezing in just so much. Maybe you're trying to get kids ready. You're trying to get breakfast made. 
Um, you're not having time to eat yourself. You're just having coffee and you're just flying up the door, getting everyone to where they need to be. So maybe your Sankalpa could be, uh, I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. and start my meditation practice, do a yoga asana practice in the morning, do some pranayama in the morning, and you have a set um, intention or Sankalpa for your day and how you want to start it. Now, on the tail end of that, I would say if you're someone who's going to bed super late, your Sankalpa would actually start with bedtime. I'm going to be in bed by 10 p.m. every night. It has to start with that that point because if you're not if you're not going to sleep, you know, by 10, you're not going to want to wake up at 6 a.m. It's going to be too difficult. Another idea, creating a change in your personality or behavior. So this is one that I've worked with personally. I've worked on softening. Like, how can I soften? How can I release, you know, I want to keep my, my edge, that pitta drive, but I want to soften around the edges. I don't have to be so sharp and so rigid in how I approach things. So an example of this, um, I worked on, okay, I do have some things that I want to get done in a day. Like I want to make sure I, I have my meditation practice. I, I work out in some capacity. I go for a walk. Um, you know, I usually I am cooking a meal. Now, maybe cleaning the dishes. We don't have a dishwasher, so we have to do them by hand. So all of these things might be something that, yes, I want to get done every day, but the timing of them might have to shift. And again, I talked about this in the the Vata and the intuition episode. If you're a Pitta, this would be something you need to work on. If you're a Vata, your stuff, you probably do want to stay a little bit more structured with, but sometimes Pittas get so overly structured that um, we need to change some of that can also be, I actually just had this conversation with one of my clients and I've had this with many of my Pitta clients. Often Pittas are the ones who are wearing like the Apple watches or, oh my goodness, let me start my workout over because I didn't press the start on my, on my, um, my watch, my Garmin watch. So now it doesn't count. Like it missed the first 10 minutes of the workout. And that's where we need to soften. We don't have to be so structured and so rigid in our behaviors. So it could be a sankalpa around that. Next one, realizing what you want to achieve in your life. So maybe you have a goal of a getting this uh, career position. You know, you want to switch careers or you want to move up in your company or you want to start your own business. Um, you want to have another baby or have a baby. You want to, um, you know, move out to the country. You want to walk more every single day at, with a friend to help deepen your friendships. So what is something that you want to achieve? And that would be, that would be how you could set that one. And then the last one is just visualizing your Sankalpa. So if you're a meditator, you might just sit down in meditation, just see what comes up. You know, just, you're not trying to necessarily force anything. You're just going to sit and listen. And often that's when I get the best inspiration when I'm just sitting there listening and I'm like, oh yes. And again, meditation is not about pushing those thoughts away. It's about listening to what's coming up. You might also be someone like myself. I'll go for walks out in nature. That's when I get really good ideas. And I was just listening to, um, I was teaching at a yoga festival now, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I went to a seminar about forest bathing and I found this so fascinating. The instructor had said he wished he could do three hours in the woods because studies have shown three hours is what it takes for us to shut off 
our brains and really sink in to mother nature. And he, you know, he's like, most of us can't do that just because we have time constraints. We have stuff going on in our lives. So he does usually two hours and occasionally he'll do a three hour one. Personally, I love three to four hours in my woods, like my favorite trail. I usually, I usually am on the trail for three hours. And I find that is when I get my deepest aha moments. I can really soften. I can really get creative. I can really relax and just be one with nature. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting that yes, there are studies showing, yeah, that our bodies are relaxing better if we are spending those three hours out in mother nature. And then another interesting study with that, if that's something that you want to do to kind of help create a Sankalpa for yourself, they said going into a wooded area. So like for myself, I'm not going to tell you the name of my trail just because safety reasons, but I have my favorite trail that I go on. It's 30 miles ish, um, you know, away from where I live. So it's, I live in St. Paul. So I live in the city. So it's, it's out and it's in the country and it's very quiet. I can really shut my brain off. And so I can just sink in. Now there's areas in St. Paul where it's super pretty, you know, you can go right around the river and there are trees and there's the Mississippi and it's, it's beautiful. And then there are areas where I'm walking around my neighborhood. So it's more urban, you know, there's cars driving by, there's people walking dogs, there's bikers, all sorts, all sorts of things going on. So he said, those three settings were studied where you were in the urban going for a walk, where you were in urban environment, but with some trees. And then where you were in complete mother nature on a nice, beautiful, secluded, more secluded area. And he said people were able to, um, of those three, the only people that had a difference in terms of really reducing stress, being able to get to that creative environment, uh, being able to truly shut off their brain and relax was the wooded area. Not even the urban area with the trees. So if you're on a busy trail, maybe you live in a suburb and you're, you're still on a trail, but it's busy, you can't fully shut down. And it makes sense. Cause I, that's why I love to go to this trail. It doesn't have as many people. Like sometimes I don't run into anyone. Most of the time I run into a couple people. It's not very busy. So I can truly just shut my brain off and relax where when you're in the city, you're like, okay, is there someone coming by? Do I have to move over? Cause there's a biker. Oh my goodness. Someone's walking a dog. Do, do I need to move over? Do this, the dog on the leash? Oh, there's a car going by me. Um, oh, wow. Look at all the people across the river playing with their dogs. There's just a lot going on, even though it is in that um, re- supposed to be a relaxing environment. Our brains are still working. You know, oh, there's an uneven path. Oh, look at that. There's this sidewalk is cracked. I got to go around it. This road is shut. I now have to go a different direction. Our brains are working. You know, obviously walks are amazing no matter where you can get them in. But you can just see why the benefits of going into that nice secluded area would be beneficial in terms of the stress reduction, increased creativity, working on creating your Sankalpa, if that's a goal. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I I did find that fascinating. And I think um, probably you listening might also find that fascinating if you're someone who loves to go for nature walks. And also it just feels at home in mother nature. Okay, now we're on to number two for changing Tejas. A mantra. So the Gayatri mantra is a common mantra that is light, life, and radiance. This mantra is like a solar energy in syllable form. You can hum it, you can listen to it, 
or you can simply contemplate it. So how you might find this, you can go on Spotify and just search Gayatri Mantra. And there's so many variations of the mantra. Um, I've, all of my teachers have saying it just slightly differently. So uh, I, and going on Spotify, you can also find so many variations of it. And so just find one that really connects to your heart and you just might play that in the morning. So maybe after your meditation practice or before you get begin, whenever you feel like a mantra would be great, throw that in there. And Gayatri is spelled, in case anyone's wondering, how do you spell that? G-A-Y-A-T-R-I. So that's how you spell Gayatri Mantra. All right. Now the last one for Artesias is Rasa Sadhana. What is this? I will honestly say, if you are a Pitta Dosha, this might be one of the most important um, ways for you to stay in balance, no matter if it's with your Tejas or just in general. It's, it really, it translates to just becoming aware of your emotions. And again, as a Pitta person, this is not necessarily our Pittas, our strong suit. Um, you know, making sure that we express our emotions on a regular basis. Uh, we can sometimes get stuck. We sometimes bottle things in. And then that's when we have those pitta eruptions where you might have this person who's shoving, 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 shoving. And then all of a sudden they just burst and they, you know, freak out for no reason, it seems, on someone that they love. Or, you know, maybe if you're a mom and you freak out on your child and you're like, that was not, that was not my child that made this happen. It was everything I've shoved in. And that was my last straw. And they got the brunt of this when they shouldn't have. Um, it could, same thing, could be with your spouse, could be with your partner. All of those things might be where you're like, ah, oh, I'm shoving this in the wrong direction. So the subtle side of Tejas is making sure that you fully let out your true feelings to keep your energy flowing in your mind, body, and soul. So especially if you're a Pitta, how do you need to work on expressing your emotions today? What does that look like in your life? Where could you maybe um, let things go? I will just share a personal example of this. So I've gotten back into playing tennis again. And one thing that I do on the tennis courts, and I've done this my whole life, is I just let out a yell. I go, ah, or I I'm, usually it's a little louder than that. If I miss a shot, whatever. And if you're familiar with tennis, it's a fast paced game. Like you're going fast back and forth, lots of points. And so you're going to make lots of mistakes because that's just the nature of this game. Um, so with that, if you're dwelling on a point that happened, you know, five minutes ago, you're, you're toast, you know, mentally you're toast because what's going to happen next. You're just going to keep hitting balls in the net. You're going to keep flying the ball, you know, way out of bounds, you know, hitting uh, a person, hitting whatever, a coach, they're just going to go all over. So for myself, how I personally release emotion there. So it doesn't get pent up is I just let out a yell, you know, I'll just be like, ah, and that's it. That's all I need. And that point is gone. I don't dwell on it anymore. That's my way of releasing. And then occasionally you'll be able to see me build up, build up, build up, even with the releasing. Cause sometimes, you know what, if you, if you're an athlete, you totally understand. Sometimes you just play horrible and you just, you know, take an overhead and you just smack that ball so hard, or maybe a serve with maybe no intention of getting in. You just wanted to get that aggression out. And that could also be another way of releasing. That's the way I found in Pitta. So what could that look like in your life? Because obviously this is going to happen outside of playing a sport if you're an athlete. If you have those big feelings that are coming up, what are little ways that you can release like I do with that yell on the court? Uh, how can you release during the day? 
Uh, and that might look like crying when you feel those emotions bubble. That might look like um, expressing, hey, I'm not happy with that decision. I'm angry and telling the person. It could look like experiencing your joy. If you're someone who doesn't like to really express their um, happiness, express it, you know, be fully embodied in your emotions. Um, don't let them run you, but really figure out a way to, to embrace all emotions and not just um, shove them down if you're not feeling like great with them, which again is a pitta thing. We just tend to shove, shove, shove. And then again, we erupt. So how can you stop that from happening if that is pertinent to you? All right. So in conclusion, Tejas, it's a subtle dosha of pitta. It helps shift, you know, again, that life force in our body. It's that intelligence. It's that inner knowing um, how we do not get burned out, but in a very subtle way. Because again, the Gayatri mantra, um, expressing your emotions and sankalpas, they're not things that people are going to see necessarily that you're doing, but you're going to be practicing them. And that's how you can slowly shift, um, you know, your cellular being as, as any dosha. It doesn't matter if you're a pitta or not, but that's how you can slowly shift um, some of those subtle essence in our lives. All right. That is what I have for you today. We will, you know, catch up with our ojas in a few weeks. I hope you enjoyed and everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.